Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 54 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murrin, and I'm the host of the podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode because Cage Thunder heads to Millersburg for Cage Thunder 24 on November 11th. And joining me today is one half of that card's main event. He's one and two in his professional career, but he's debuting at 155 pounds in this fight. And I'm also looking forward to talking to him about his. 7-1 and one amateur career in which he won four championships. It's Lucas, the main event mast. Thanks for coming on the show, Lucas, and welcome to Forge in Ohio. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited, man. Of course, the pleasure is all mine, man. Before we get into your upcoming fight at Cage Thunder 24, let's talk about you and your story for a little bit. How'd you actually get your start in mixed martial arts? Yeah, so um, I'm a barber, as a lot of people know already, but um, when I graduated barber school, I moved back to my hometown, and I went to open up a barber shop, and Jose Burgos, which is now my head coach, um, at the time, obviously, I didn't know him, but he stopped in at my barber shop and asked for a job, so he's also a barber, and so just through, like, looking, you know, at his Facebook, his social media stuff, I found out he's an MMA coach, and the high school I went to didn't have wrestling, but I always wanted to I always wanted to wrestle or try something like that. And so when I saw he was an MMA coach, I was like, man, like, I think I would like that. Plus, I was pretty out of shape from doing nothing but eating pizza and drinking beer in barber school. Um, so I was like, I need to do something, get back into shape. So I just pretty much did it just to get back into shape and have something to do and ended up just falling in love with it right away. And ever since then, I've just been training my ass off. So, yeah. How old were you at the time when you got that job and actually got into MMA? Um, I was, I believe I was 18, 18 or 19 years old, I think. Okay, that, so still a young start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so still a young start. So you yeah. go to the gym and you said you fell in love with it right away. You were trying to just yeah. get fit. How long did it take you to actually realize, hey, I actually want to step in there as a competitor and be a fighter one day? Well, so I think it was like, it was maybe two months I mean, I asked right away, like, right after I started, I was like, man, you guys think I could do this? Like, you guys think I could be a fighter? And pretty much my coach's answer was like, hell if I know, dude, if you're willing to put the work in, you can do anything. And so I was like, well, shit, I'll just stick with it and, and be here every night, not miss a night, see what happens. And I think a couple months in, like three or four months in, they started talking about it a little bit. And then about five months in, they were like, all right, like, you're really starting to show something like, is this something you want to do? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and the crazy thing is when I first started, um, I was, I think I was around 225 pounds and they were like, all right, like you'll probably like debut as a light heavyweight. And so I was like, all right, whatever. I, I had no clue anything about fighting. Like honestly, never watched fighting, never got into fights. Like just never, I've never been around the sport. So I was like, shoot, yeah, let's do it. And then, you know, a month went by and I, I kept on my schedule, on my diet, everything. And I started going underneath 205 and they're like, well, maybe 185. And I mean, it didn't take long of thinking about doing 85 that I was like, dude, I can make 70. Like I, all I got to do is just stay disciplined. And I was like on the ball, like I was doing everything right. I was making sure that I was eating right. I was doing my extra cardio. I was doing all that stuff. And so I think it was like a month before we decided to do the fight. We were like, all right, yeah, like, he can make 170. So 
went with 170 and and ended up there for up until now. And since then, have you become more of a fan of the sport? Are you watching more? Do you look up to anybody at the highest level of the sport? Yeah, I obviously I am a huge fan of the sport now. I do watch a lot of a lot of fights, some to study and some just as a fan. I wouldn't really say there's one person in particular just because I don't come from a, ba- a boxing background, I don't come from a wrestling background. I don't I don't really come from any background. So, I just kind of try to look at everything, look at every fighter and you know, pick things from from everybody. And one of the biggest things that is I feel like people don't take into consideration is like I can learn from a lot of different people. It doesn't have to be a professional fighter. It doesn't have to be somebody that's on, you know, one of these huge promotions and stuff. Like, as long as I'm willing to learn, I keep getting better. You know, there has been points in my career where I thought I was better than I was and, and my my progression slowed down. So just humbling myself and bringing myself back to the beginning and just being willing to, willing to learn from anybody and just kind of being open-minded when I'm in a room with whoever you know, some people tell me to do this. Some people tell me to do that. I'm at a point now in my career where I can look at something and be like, all right, like that's something I can take. And that's what they're saying is true. And I can, you know, I can kind of weed out what's good and what's not good um, at this point. So I kind of, I can see where I need to learn and where I need to, to maybe say, all right, that's cool, but go a different direction, you know? Yeah, that's interesting because when I hear fighters say that they don't really have a background in any type of combat sport, some people might hear that as a big disadvantage, you know, but it sounds like you, you have spun that into an advantage being an open-minded person and learning from all of these different people and influential people along your journey, it sounds like. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly how I view it. Like, I mean, I don't have any, you know, bad tendencies that we got to go back and like fix and and, you know, I don't have wrestling that I got to transform into like MMA wrestling and stuff. We just start from scratch and we just put our heads down and we work. What were those first few days like in an MMA gym where you were the new guy to the sport? And I'm sure experiencing a lot of new things for the very first time. It was humbling, man. Like, you know, I always viewed myself as a tough kid. Even like I said, I didn't really get into fights and stuff, but I've always been strong. I, you know. I always thought I was strong and I thought that's all I needed to fight. You know, if I want to fight, I'm strong. I'm good, you know, whatever. And I think I got my ass kicked by people that were under 135 pounds when I was rolling around at 225, like the first couple of days. It was bad. Um, But honestly, dude, that's what made me fall in love with it. Because like, I was like, dude, if these people can do that, like if I can get into shape and, and get even stronger, plus put the technique to use, like, man, I'll be good. So yeah. Yeah, that's why I respect fighters so much. They go in there, they get their ass kicked, and they fall in love with the sport. If I were to do that, I would <laughs> probably never return to the gym myself. Yeah. What's the best part of training at your gym at Champions MMA? I believe you're just the second fighter I've had on from, from that gym to join me on Forge in Ohio. Right now, there, there's been so many, like, over the years, there have been so many good things. But right now, what I really enjoy and what I like is we got a lot of um, – younger guys, fighters starting out, and just being able to be the guy in the room to bring the energy to these guys and let them know, like, you know, this is the intensity you need to have and just watch them grow and watch them continue to just, like, hit new levels every single week um, and progresses. That's right now is my favorite part. 
Is it crazy? Do you ever like look back at your time? Like when you first joined, you were an unexperienced barber. And now all these years later, you're one of the leaders in the gym. Do you ever reflect on that time in your life and kind of see how far you've come? Yeah, I have to, you know, I have to intentionally like sit down and, and think about this stuff because like a lot of times I'll forget and it usually takes either my wife or my coach or somebody to to say something like, hey, look how far you've come, you know, and it is crazy. Like I'll look back on stuff and I'll be like, man, like I remember what it felt like to be that young kid. And like, as it, as it goes and as my career has gone and stuff like that, and I'm still like, I view myself as a new fighter still. Cause like, I just turned pro, you know, I've only fought three times as a pro. So I still view myself as a newer fighter and stuff like that. But over the years, it's like, I didn't see the progression until now I sit back and I look at it. I'm like, damn, like I have come far. Like, a lot of that stuff that we worked over and over and over and over again, those early mornings, those late nights where I was just grinding and had my head down. Like now I look back on it. And I'm like, Oh, I do that stuff without even thinking about it. Now that's the reason we did that. So that's really cool. Looking back at it and looking at it like that. And with life in general, what's your day to day like as you pursue your dream in MMA? So it has, um, it has changed a lot just because of um after my second pro fight when i i was going through a lot of shit mentally even my first one going into my second one i was i was at a place where i was like mentally i was i was trying so many different things and it had nothing to do with fighting and i was not focused on the fights i was i, I trained when i had the time and it was one of those things where you know coming off of a, an amateur career like I had and not having any like knowledge in the sport before, I just thought that like, damn, I'm this good. Like I can do whatever I want and kill anybody I fight. You know what I'm saying? And I had a rude, a rude awakening those first two fights. And the second fight, my second pro fight, I got my cheekbone broken and I had to have surgery, long recovery. I had six months of recovery from that. And then after that, like I was so like messed up in the head that I was like, I don't know that I want to fight again. And I, it was probably about a year and a half where I did nothing. I did nothing. Like I low key became an alcoholic. Um, I was never at home. I was always out at the bars. I was literally doing whatever I could do to just keep my mind off of what I thought was a huge failure. You know, like I, I, you know, had all this hype coming into my pro career. And then I felt like I just let everybody down. And I was like, I want nothing to do with this sport. Like it brought me up so high and it broke me down so fast that like mentally, like I didn't know how to handle that. And so I turned to alcohol for it. And it was right around the time my wife told me that we're pregnant, um, where I had to sit down and really look at what I was doing. And it opened my eyes. Like I was like, dude, like I literally, I had so much left to give and I was doing nothing positive left, you know, with my life. And I remember it was like a one month period where I went from doing nothing but drinking and being gone all the time to, all right, like I want to fight again and I want to do it the right way. And, you know, my last performance there in April, I don't care if people say it was boring. I don't care if people say it was a letdown. I got through more just getting back in that cage than a lot of people realize. That's all I wanted to do was get in that cage and experience it and get a win. That's all I needed. And 
right now, I do nothing but be with my family, work, and I train my ass off every morning, every night, two to three times a day. That's all I think about. If I'm not at the gym, I'm with my family or I'm at work. And I've never been more focused in my life. And I can tell you that with absolute certainty. Yeah, that's incredible and very inspiring, man. So you go through all that mental adversity. You come back as an 0-2 pro. Were you even thinking past that third pro fight or even like a future in MMA? Or did you just want to prove to yourself that, hey, you can get back in there and just win that third fight? Yeah, it was – there was – um you know, obviously, one thing I've learned from a lot of good people around me is having a plan for success is not something that a lot of people have. Like people always plan for, you know, the next week or the next thing or whatever, but they don't plan like, all right, like if if my plan works, what am I going to do with it? You know what I mean? Like, and so I there's part of me mentally that was like, all right, like I need to fight X amount of times in the next two years to make something happen and there's another part of me that said like if you go in there and it's a bust and it's just not what you want to do anymore and that's what you figure out in there then that's what you figure out um but i had i had two two sides of this going into it i was like we're gonna figure out if this is really what i want to do or we're gonna figure out if this is not for me anymore um and even though like looking back on it, it wasn't an exciting fight it was against, you know, I respect the guy, but it was against a guy that didn't have a very good record and I didn't finish him. But for me, it was mentally just getting back in that cage and getting the W for me it meant a lot more than what people realize. And it, it set a fire in my gut. And that's the reason I'm going to 155 is because I knew that it, it's something that I've thought about before, but I knew that I can make 170 very easily. And if I can make 170 without being that disciplined. If I flip a switch and get even more disciplined, I can make 55 no problem. And I know already now, like I'm almost at 155 now, and the shape I'm in and the endurance I have and the speed, the athleticism, everything I've gained from it, like I'm so excited to show you guys here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and it sounds like all that adversity that you face in your pro career to start, that's all come and gone, and, and now you can focus on stacking wins, which is really important yep. since your last fight. I was excited already for this Cage Thunder 24 main event. Now just talking to you and learning about your story just makes me that much more amped for it. I can only imagine how excited you are just a week away from actually fighting in the cage. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited, and, and my friends and family and teammates and coaches and everybody um, you know, the, the mindset has shifted a little bit as far as, you know, especially my family going into the last fight off of based off of what happened, you know, my first two pro fights, everybody's like, man, like, are you ready? Are you ready? Like, you know, are you good? And all this different stuff. And, and, you know, this time the attitude has switched a little bit. It's more like everybody else is excited for me to fight because they see what I'm doing. They see the excitement I have. They, they see the uh, the discipline I've been putting in. Um, and I, I've been putting in some serious discipline. So um, everybody around me, including me, is super excited for this. So yeah. We have to do some reflecting on your amateur career, of course, because what an amateur career it was. You went 7-1 and one with five finishes and four championships. What sticks out most when you think about your time on the amateur scene? What sticks out the most is that I did not care who it was 
or where it was or how long of a break I had in between fights. You know, back then there was a lot less to worry about as far as like I didn't have a family I was providing for, all that different stuff. But I was just foot on the gas, no brakes, come and stop me if you want to stop me type of thing. And I'm getting back to that attitude right now. So um, that's the biggest thing that sticks out to me was like my mindset in, in my amateur careers. Like I didn't care. I was training my ass off. I didn't care who you were. I didn't care what you wanted. Come and get it type of thing. So. Yeah, I was going to say you were extremely active in your amateur career, fighting up to five times a year even. I know you must be dialed in for the challenge ahead of you at Cage Thunder 24, and we'll get to that here next. But is being more active moving forward a focus for you? Yeah, that is um, I'm in shape. I'm ready to go as long as as long as there's opponents there. You know, I've had there's been some issues recently with with opponents and stuff like that. But as long as there's opponents there and I'm healthy, yeah. Um, I mean, I got I'm, – I'm putting – here's the thing. I'm putting so much time into this that it's like, for me, it's stupid to sit around in between fights. I was supposed to fight in September, and then I was going to fight again in December. But the September card fell through, and this opportunity opened up, so I took this. So it's just pretty much like if the chips fall the right way, the way I want them to, yeah, I'm going to be as busy as I possibly can here in the next forever long I need to be. Yeah, and it's Cage Thunder 24 in Millersburg. You train out of Champions MMA in Millersburg, and now you're main eventing a Cage Thunder card in that same town. How special is that for you to headline a card in your hometown like that? It's super special. I mean, you know, I the biggest thing is, like, I feel like a lot of people just view me as, like, as people that come to the Cage Thunder events and stuff like that or have seen my first couple pro fights and stuff. I'm known to sell a lot of tickets. Like people know that. And I always have, I don't know how many people there's, there's a shit ton of people who show up, but to be able to have another show in Millersburg for the people that always buy tickets and drive everywhere to come see me fight. Like I'm so excited to be able to just, these people are in their hometown. They're going to have a good time. There's going to be a ton of people there. I'm just excited to give the people what they want. You know what I mean? Like, they, they always are driving everywhere to watch me fight, so now they can just chill at home and, and be in their hometown and have fun. Does that put any more pressure on you to perform well, or is that more of a motivating factor? Well, I so I, I debuted. My pro debut was in my hometown. I was the main event on a uh, Honor Fighting Championship card. And that fight, yes, there was a ton of – I felt a ton of pressure in that. But right now, like – I'm so focused on the fight and doing my job that like, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's cool that it's in my hometown and all these people are coming and stuff like that, but it's my time and I have a job to do and I'm focused on getting that job done. So do you feel like there is a chip on your shoulder that you do have to prove people wrong for all those cage Thunder fans that are going to fill the building that night who may see the one and two record, but really not see what the explanation behind that might be. Correct. Correct. I have, you know, yeah, whatever, whatever anybody thinks that's cool, whatever I have proved to myself than I do those people. But I'm excited to show those people that there's more to me than a one and two fighter. I have I, you know, I feel like I haven't even even in my amateur career, I feel like I haven't even touched on the some of the skills I have. Like, I, I feel like I haven't shown half of my my arsenal yet. And so it's I'm just excited to go out there and 
put on some exciting fights. Do you think you'll be able to go out there and showcase what you have? And I know I've, I've talked to some fighters, you know, they go out there, they get a 30-second knockout, but they're not really showing their full their full skill set. Are you really trying to go out there, maybe even go to the distance, but really show what you have to offer and what you've grown and developed with over these past couple of years? Yeah, so as a fighter, as a smart fighter, I'm going to say that whatever gets the job done the quickest, I'm going to do. But it's like one of those things I I'm training everywhere. I'm on the, on the feet, on the ground, wrestling, everything like that. So like I have a full arsenal and wherever the fight takes me is wherever the fight takes me. And I just hope you guys see the beauty in what I do because I have worked my ass off the last year and a half to make sure that I'm ready for whatever comes next. Yeah, I love to hear it, man. And when you think back to your time, like when you were at your lowest of lows dealing with the alcohol and everything like that that we just talked about, did you ever think back then that you'd be back in this spot headlining a card for Cage Thunder in Millersburg and have this opportunity to showcase really what you have to offer? No, to be honest, no, I didn't. I, I didn't look at my future for more than two days ahead of time. And that's that's God's honest truth, like... Till I found out we were having a kid, like I was worried about what I was going to do that weekend. And that's all I cared about. Um, so, no, I didn't I didn't see this coming at all. But I'm glad it's happening. Definitely makes this story that much better. Your opponent was changed just days ago at the time of this recording. Do you know much about your new opponent, Muhammad Ali, who holds a two and oh pro record? Um. No, not from besides what I've seen and what my coaches have said. He's good, but I'm good too. I just, wherever it goes, I I think that from what I've seen, yeah, like he's a good striker. So test my striking, see what happens, and, and go in there and do what I know I can do. So I don't, I don't really know that much about him, but I know what I've done to prepare for it and prepare for anybody that's going to fight me. So it is whatever. Does the late notice change an opponent and bother you at all or not really? No, it's just, it's one of those things where as a pro and um, where I want to go, like stuff like this is going to happen. So I just, I have to, you know, I can't sit back and say, oh, well, shit, I prepared for this. I prepared for that. I'm preparing for anything. So at this point, it's like, just put somebody in front of me. Give me a name. Who am I fighting? Give me a contract and let's go. We have both mentioned the new weight class on November 11th competing at lightweight and you explained why the move down in weight. Is this your weight class now moving forward, do you think, or are you just testing it out now and then we'll make a decision about the future after the fight? No, this is, this is going to be my weight class. Cause like, I'm just, I feel so much better at this weight. Like I used to think that, you know, I was all shredded and stuff at 170 until I hired a nutritionist that does all my food and stuff. And seeing where my body has gone, going down to 155, like, I'm seeing muscles I've never seen before. I mean, I'm seeing speed I've never seen before and muscle endurance that I've never seen before. And so I just, I think it's stupid for me to go back. Like, I just, the way I feel right now, I just, I I can't see myself going back to 170. Do you even think this will be a difficult cut for you down to 155? you told me, what time is it, 823? If you told me to make weight, by 10, I could do it. You're already that close. Man. I'm <laughs> That's incredible, man. I-, I love to hear it. Do you view this as almost a fresh start to your pro career now that you are competing at 155? 
Yeah, I do. I, I think people are excited to see it. I'm excited to do it. I'm also just excited at like what I've been able to accomplish with it. Like I've never, you know, with me starting out my, um, my amateur career at 225, like I didn't fight at 225, but that's where I was when I started training. And then to be honest with you in that year and a half that I didn't fight, I got back up to like 218 or 220. And so I went from 220 down to now going to be 155 in like a year and a half. And that'll show you, like, I've done nothing but do the right things. So it, it is like, it's just exciting for me to just know that I can overcome what I was going through and all that different stuff and get to a point where I'm at and this peak of shape in a year and a half. So yeah, I'm excited. What helped you get in that peak shape? I know you mentioned hiring the nutritionist, but it was it just the work you put in day in and day out, I'm sure in the gym that yeah. really made that body transformation a reality. Yeah, it's not just it's not just like my evening training sessions and stuff like that. Like I have a very like specific thing that I do throughout each day and I stick with it. I, you know, I'm up at five o'clock every morning by the time people are starting to go to work and stuff like that. I already have one of my workouts and I just, I get started early and I go to bed late. That's what I just, I'm working. And so I, I have a very strict routine and I stick with it and I've done it long enough now where it's like, I, if I don't do it, I feel weird. Yeah. So is it a crazy reality sometimes when you do get home from a workout in the morning and you're like, a lot of people around me are still sleeping and I just put in that workout burnt X amount of calories in the day and everybody else is just not even starting with their day quite yet. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where it helps my mindset. Cause like, I know I'm doing what 95% of the world isn't doing. And so it just, it gets my day started right. It, you know, and you do the right things for a day. It adds up to a week. You do the right things for a week. It adds into months. If you do it right for months, it adds up to years. And then like, you just go from there. You just get a little bit better every single day. Yeah. Consistency is key, man. Last one for you. How do you see your fight going down at Cage Thunder 24? Anywhere. Anywhere it goes, I'm ready. I see it being a fun fight to watch as a fan. Um, I see myself getting the finish. And I'm not going to say which round, but I'm going to finish him. All right. Knockout or submission? Um, either one. Either one. Not I'm, too picky, man. I'm dangerous wherever. Love to hear it, man. And I cannot wait for this fight. Before we wrap up, anything you want to shout out or plug here at the back end of the podcast? Um, yeah, follow me on social media. It's Lucas underscore mast underscore. Follow my gym champions, MMA official on Instagram. Shout out to my wife. She's the best. She holds everything down, even though I'm gone a lot training. Um, my son, Mateo, he's my dog. And thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. Thanks again, Lucas, for joining me on the show. It was a pleasure being able to talk to you on here. And like I said, I just cannot wait for Cage Thunder 24. Before I let you go, I always end these chats on Forge in Ohio by doing the OHIO chant with a fighter that joined me. So, OHIO. Thanks, Lucas. Thanks, <laughs> thanks again for joining me, man. I wish you the best on November 11th, and we'll talk to you again soon, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you.
That was Lucas, the main event mask, the one and two professional mixed martial artist to a main event Cage Thunder 24 this Saturday in Millersburg. The scenes there are going to be pretty incredible with Champions MMA well represented. I also think the weight component of this fight is truly fascinating. I'm excited to see how Lucas will look at lightweight and how we'll be able to leverage that moving forward in his career. I thank him for joining me, and I thank you for listening or watching episode 54 of Forge in Ohio. And whether you're listening or watching, don't forget to download episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button on the Forge in Ohio YouTube channel. I'm really looking forward to growing that avenue even further for the show. And as always, you can check out the show on social media at Forge in Ohio on both Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for watching or tuning in. I've been your host, Jake Marin, and this was Forged in Ohio.